Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Klaus Mohomole is a member of Africans for Peace. It is a collective of independent students, scholars and activists who bring an African lens to the global debate on peace and stability. Klaus was a member of the BDS, but following a trip to Israel, he began to re-evaluate his own views on the conflict. In light of the recent ban by Israel on certain organizations like the BDS, Klaus has questioned the effectiveness of such a policy from Israel's point of view. From his own experience, he believes seeing Israel for oneself is the best way of understanding the true nature of Israeli society. He joins me more to tell me. Uh, she joins me now to tell me more. Klaus, welcome. Thanks for having me, Sharis. Um, Klaus, you have been a guest on the show before, um, yeah. and it was a couple of years ago, and yeah. I think it was just after you returned from your trip yeah. to Israel. Because it was a while ago, can you tell me your involvement in the BDS and what what you did that and what happened that made you realize that something was wrong? Okay, um, thanks again uh, for having me in your show. Well, my involvement was really um, deep. Uh, I was part of the VETS SRC in 2013, where a group that disrupted a show uh, by a German, by an Israeli-born German pianist who came to perform at VETS. Uh, disrupted that event as part of BDS. Uh, because at the time we believed that uh, Zionism is racism. So we made sure that we're not going to allow the Zionists to have an event on our campus. So we disrupted the event and the university charged us. So um, we had to attend uh, a hearing for the, for like eight months and later on we found guilty. Uh, so we had to do like community service and stuff like that. You see, so but I've done a number of things. So obviously, after that, I noticed that I don't understand a lot about the conflict in the Middle East. So I took it upon myself to research on it, whether it's to read books, whether it's to check stuff online. Then later on, I was afforded an opportunity to visit Israel to understand it even better. So I went to Israel for like eight days, went to a number of places, Jerod, Tel Aviv, Haifa. Jerusalem, Nazareth, a number of places. So I've realized that uh, reading uh, articles or reading books or reading uh, things that you find online won't really help a person. But what can help a person is to go to Israel and engage people on the ground to understand what people's point of views are. So that's why uh, to this day I still promote that if you're really interested in the issue, if you're really interested in the conflict or the debate, the best thing you can ever do it yourself, structurally visit Israel and get to see it for yourself and get to engage the people on the ground, not just to listen to what the media is feeding you. As a BDS member, when you were caught up within the BDS movement, yes. had you gone to Israel then? Had mm. there been a BDS trip to Israel? No. Would, that have influ- would you have been in a position... To see another side. Look, um, I believe, uh, obviously, if I was to just, if they were to take me there and allow me to do what I wanted to do, I believe I would have been exposed to a number of issues. See, my 2015 trip to Israel was actually unique because what they will do is that they will allow you to do whatever you want to do. I remember at some point they left us around 3 p.m. 
in Jerusalem where to go, like we decided to go wherever we wanted to go. We spoke to street vendors, we spoke to people on the ground, whether they are Palestinians, whether they are I mean, Arabs or Jews. We spoke to whoever we wanted to speak to. Same thing happened as well when we were in Tel Aviv. We are allowed, we are not limited. Mm. We are, as long as you walked around with your passport so that in case you get into trouble, they can get to understand where you're from and stuff like that. But if BDS was to offer me an opportunity like that, the question would be, were they going to allow me to be flexible? Were they going to allow me to go to any place that I want to go to? Or are they just going to lock me in your room? Or are they just going to take me to specific areas to cause even more confusion. Mm-hmm. There's another thing, because so I, I wouldn't really know what they're going to be doing. Your, mm-hmm. um, your relationship with the, the members of the Bits 11, and it became mm-hmm. a famous hashtag, the Bits 11. Yes. Do you have contacts with any of the other 10? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, we're, anyway, SRC, we're, we're a collective. Then, obviously, after 2013, um, we, we, we decided to, to separate in a way, but I still talk to a number of them. I still, in the 11, I still talk to like the five. The other five I can't talk to them because obviously I feel like maybe they took a different route in their far. Obviously, just to mention a few, um, like Mbusenin Roses in, in, in the EFF and stuff like that, some of them. And his views on Israel have not changed yeah, a little bit. So some people have, um, have decided to take their own routes and paths. So, but, I talked to a number of them. I still talk, I'm more active with like the five in the eleven that we talk almost every day. We talk on social media. We call each other, you know, stuff like that. And the five that you are in contact with are they also still members of the BDS, or are they those that joined you on your trip? And there's there's only one. Okay, there are, there are those in the in the five. There's one that never went on the trip. Then the four went on the trip, and the like we we talk almost all the time, so they understand because they went to to Israel. They, are, uh, they get to see what's happening and stuff like that in Israel. They get to understand that you can't compare what's happening in Israel and what's what happened in South Africa during apartheid time. So the other one that I still talk to is still a member of BDS. And we still like uh, occasionally we still meet and debate. <laughs> and like when Trump says something on TV, the person will tweet me or WhatsApp me like, "What do you think of this?" Then I also reply and be like, "But this is because of this and that and that." You see? Uh, so, yeah. so, but you've moved forward. In fact, you start you part of an organization called yes. Africans for Peace. Would you like to tell me a little bit about Africans for Peace? Okay, um, I believe in uh, and. In the fact that education changes life and education can actually show people the light. So after I came back from Israel, I wanted to have an impact in our communities. I wanted to speak to, to young individuals in high schools, in, in colleges, in, in, in university and stuff like that. So I've noticed that the only way to do that is to actually have some kind of an NGO. An NGO that is going to involve writers, researchers, public speakers, debaters. So that's why I decided to be part of the uh, Africans for Peace. Because as part of Africans for Peace, we write about any topic, whether it's the Middle East, whether it's it's Africa, Sub-Sahara, stuff like that. We write, uh, and our aim, 
of writing is to actually educate people. We make sure that our articles go out there and are read by the people because um, these days it's easy. If you get a link, you just tweet it or you mm. put it online, people can access it. So we do that. Furthermore, we go on to campuses. We go to high schools, whether it's in Deep Sloot, whether it's in Soweto, whether it's in Tembisa, and we talk to them. We have uh, discussions with like, uh, young leaders from high schools so that we can actually engage on numerous issues that are affecting us in Africa. And, and even the Middle East issue comes along a number of times. So we get to clarify them on what's happening and how they can actually get to understand it better, what books to read or what steps to follow when they want to understand the Middle East. We are going to take a short break, but after okay. the break, we're going to return to the concept of education changes lives. Okay. And maybe we can explore some experiences that you've had and talk about the kinds of reactions that... Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Klaus Mohamola is a mm. former member of Africans for Peace. He joins me in... Oh, what am I saying? He was a former member of the BDS <laughs> movement and is currently a member of Africans for Peace. Yeah. Um, Class, you spoke about education changes lives and yeah. that you go and have conversations. Yeah. What is the feeling when you go to schools mm. and talk about Israel? Are people automatically um, antagonistic or is there a fair reception or is there even warmth? Well, obviously, it depends on what kind of areas you go to. Uh, when you go to institutions of higher learning, uh, you're going to be received with that behavior, antagonistic one, because uh, students are more inclined to receive media before uh, maybe high school kids. Uh, so, you, for example, if you go to UCT or you go to VETS or you go to UJ, the students they already received uh, news that Trump uh, announced this, whether they saw it on Twitter, they saw it on Facebook, or they saw it on, on TV. So when you get there and try to have a debate on that, already they have taken a point of view from somewhere because you, uh, the unfortunate part is that you are, we are confronted by the fact that the other parties are actually media bullies. So they will make sure that they use whatever they have to actually get uh, air time so that they can actually be on media on all the time. So whenever they get that time, so they get to actually brainwash people all over. So when you get there, you speak to people that already were spoken mm. to before. Then when you go to high schools, high schools... So kids, when you yeah. go find antagonistic people who mm. have already, as you say, been brainwashed, mm. are they even open to listening? Are they yeah. open to a trip to Israel? Yes. So you, the what you do is that you need to actually set the ground very clear because you, you tell them, look, we're in an institution of higher learning uh, where debates and dialogues are promoted. Secondly, you should tell them, look, if you're not comfortable with having a debate, I think maybe let's have a discussion because maybe in a discussion we're going to give each other an ear and we're going to allow each other to learn from each other. But obviously if we have a debate, a debate is about who's right, who's wrong, and we're just going to, even if I know I'm wrong, I'm not going to be open to your point of view or you trying to tell me something out of line. So we end up having discussions, uh, and they some of them, yes, get to uh, be free to talk to you, but there are those ones who are not even going to give you an ear because mm. they don't want to hear anything. You'll be told that you're a Zionist, you're doing that and that, and we're like, what is Zionism? 
just define Zionism and people can't even can't desire, define that then obviously you know that actually you can't have a discussion with someone who doesn't even understand so there's a point to actually educate them look I, have a, I can see that you are failing to understand the concept of Zionism actually you are failing to understand the roots of the debate let me just clarify you on this so we can move forward I would hate to think of the names you have been called and the, yeah. the <laughs> insults that have been hurled at you on campuses yeah. um, moving to schools um, high schools actually the, uh, the kids are, are more receptive I remember 2016 I did uh, I went to when I went to Soweto schools I've noticed that they were doing the six day war as part of the history mm-hmm. curriculum and they called me to come speak on as a guest I even came with videos and played and stuff like that so I've noticed that they were more receptive and they were asking questions because they were curious they didn't really understand what was going on they just uh uh, so what they saw, whether it's in a newspaper article or what they uh, saw it on TV and stuff like that. So I had to clarify a number of issues and they were really uh, understanding and were welcoming. They were like, wow, we, we thank you for coming here with that first-hand experience because at least you are telling us from a first-hand experience. You've been there. You've seen it for yourself. You've spoken to people. we just sitting here. We read uh, and then we hear oh, and stuff like that. And how much interest is there in the fact that you were BDS formerly and now peace activists now. I mean, are people fascinated by that transition? Well, yeah, some um, it, some say, look, um, you're a sellout. But the question will always be, why am I a sellout? Because I'm pushing for what benefits the both. Both of the parties are going to benefit from peace. Both of the parties are going to benefit from dialogue. So I preach peace. So um, some people like, like my, my stance because I understand that I'm about bringing both parties together. And they understand that the very same thing that I'm trying to do is what the other organization did during the start of apartheid. They didn't say we're siding with, with the whites or we're siding with the, with the blacks. They didn't say we're siding with the African government or siding with the ANC or PAC or IFP government. They were saying we're siding with this. We're siding with peace. We're siding with ending of apartheid. We're siding with democracy. So they make sure that they bring both parties together on the table so that the parties can sit down and discuss. This is what I'm doing. I'm bringing, I'm trying by all means to make sure that the parties must come together on a table and have a, dis, have a dialogue. We need to be championing dialogue, not to be pushing for whoever is doing what and stuff like that. The most important thing is to be pushing for dialogue because that's the only thing that can bring about solutions, can only bring about peace in the Middle East. Class, we've pretty much run out of time, but yeah. it, like when the downgrade was announced, yeah. what struck me is how many different people contacted me via Twitter, via email, via phone to say, we, we are devastated. Mm. We would like to help. Mm. And various political parties came out, various Christian groups came out. Do, do you think, how strong do you think Israel's friends actually are? Because sometimes you can work in an echo chamber where everybody likes you, around you, loves Israel, or, you know, you move to that echo chamber and everybody around you hates Israel. What do you think the reality is? Um, the truth of the matter is that uh, the Israel, the friends of Israel now understand the, bene- uh, the benefits they can get from being friends with Israel. And... Um, and it's a problem when countries like South Africa don't necessarily see the benefits they can get uh, by being friends with Israel. For example, the Cape Town issue water. That's the first thing that we can just put it out there. And the reason they don't see uh, the importance, that's why they're becoming, um, I can say, they always 
pull away from the issues now they come up with uh, the downgrade issue from the elective conference and obviously we as people who read a lot people who understand these issues get to be uh, surprised by the fact that actually they pulled away and mm-hmm. ANC has never done that in the past where they choose one side ANC mm-hmm. all the time has always been there to, uh, to support both parties that are involved so um, I have a feeling that maybe is the pressure is the pressure from outside that's why the ANC feels like they shouldn't be friends with Israel mm-hmm. and um, so Israel itself should just remain Israel Students, Israel should just make people to see the benefit of being uh, friends with Israel because if the government of Israel can actually show the word out there that if you become friends with us this is what you're going to get I have a feeling that then our South African government can get to see that the most important thing is to be friends with Israel so we can have solutions to the issues that we have in our, in our country. Klaus, we have to wrap it up there, but I know um, if anybody is looking for your contact details, uh, it's, okay. they should, uh, what, Africans for Peace? Yeah, Africans for Peace, www.africansforpeace.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Brainwasher1. The number one. Uh, I'm on Facebook as Brainwasher Classism. Yeah, and then if we get to 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 speak or on those social medias, maybe I can get to give you my WhatsApp number and we can take it forward. Perfect.